0: Welcome, everybody. Today is June 14th, 2021, and we are recording this show for June 16th. I'm Trey Dobson, Chief Medical Officer at Southwestern Vermont Medical Center and an emergency medicine physician with Dartmouth-Hitchcock Health. And this is Medical Matters Weekly, a show about the aspects of healthcare that matter to you most. And my guest today that I'm so excited to have is Patty Ryan, who is the nurse leader of the Cardiac Rehabilitation Department at Southwestern Vermont Medical Center. Welcome Patty.
1: Thank you, happy to be here.
0: Well, we're happy to have you. Um, you know, you've been at SVMC for 31 years, I believe. Is that right?
1: Yes, and, and then some, I'll explain that later.
0: OK, great. Yeah. Um, and she's helped the department, she's done many things, helped the department achieve certification by the American Association of Cardiovascular and Pulmonary Rehabilitation, which has a long acronym, AACVPR, that I will not yeah. be able to repeat. Um, and also I will mention now and we'll talk about too, is an incredible golfer, uh, which is something that is that a prerequisite for working? I'm in- not
1: an incredible golfer. I don't know where you got that info from, but thank you.
0: Oh, we're so excited to have you. So tell us a little bit. We're going to get into the medical aspect, but tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, and how you eventually came to SVMC.
1: Okay, so I I grew up in Hoosk Falls, New York. I'm the youngest of of six children. Um, I have lovely, my my mom has passed away. My dad is still alive. He's 93 years old. Um, We had extended family, um, five girls and one boy. And we grew up in a great neighborhood. You know, we spent most of our our time outside. We had the athletic field across the way. We had an ice skating rink. We had a pool. Um, We had a camp on a lake. So we did a lot of outdoor activities. Um, And so we had a great, I had a great childhood. Um, Both my, uh, my mother was an RN and -hmm. both of my sisters are RNs. So you could say it might run in my family.
0: Absolutely. Runs in your veins, I guess, for a nurse. So where do your sisters, uh, where do they work?
1: Um, Betsy works in Albany, New York. And Mima, my sister Mima, is, works up here in the OR. A lot of people don't know she's my sister because she's tall and thin, but she is.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, Mima P.
0: Right. That's fantastic. And so you got drawn into it from, from a famil- familial sort of experience there. And What else sort of drove you into nursing?
1: So in, uh, I have to say, probably 1978, 79, I um, became a candy striper. I needed a summer job. And um, there were like six of us in the class. And we were um, taught by Marianne Delorier and Ruth Walbridge, who uh, were wonderful instructors. I mean, we worked in the old Putnam building. And we learned how to get bed baths and back rubs and make hospital corners and you know, I have to say they were really about, I think nursing is an art and a science, mm-hmm. and they were so artful. They just really um, taught us how I feel. They taught us how to really take the, the patient-nurse um, relationship into account and how important it was. And I'm telling you, that, that sold me on the, the profession. I really wanted to go into to nursing. So um, they, I, I attribute a lot of that to them.
0: That's a great story, and it really shows how you developed the compassion and, and attention to detail early uh, in your career. And I know because you have so many fans out there in the audience uh, that you've carried that through over these thirty years. So, how did you end up then in, in cardiac rehab?
1: So I um, I went to college, got my bachelor's of science, and they had from Hartwick, and they have a internship which is very valuable. You go away for two months, you pick a a hospital. And uh, two of my sisters were down in the Philadelphia area. So I did my internship at University of Pennsylvania, my senior year of college. And I was in the CCU in the MICU. So um, I developed a real affinity to critical care. And I learned so much. And then, um, you know, like most internships, luckily, I was offered a job there. So I went to University of Penn and worked for like seven to eight years in critical care. And, um, Then, so cardiac was kind of something I grew into and I loved, and I, I learned some great things uh, about the the heart and, um, got my critical care certification. And then, um, for personal reasons, moved back after like seven to eight years back to this area. And I worked at Albany Med in their CCU, and then I got sick of commuting from Hoosick Falls. So I, uh you know, I, I knew this hospital and I always loved it. So i applied for the ICU job here. And, and then that turned into, and worked here for, you know, since 19, I think 91. And then, um, I don't know how cardiac rehab, I, it was a small department and it was upstairs across from the ICU. And I think they needed nurses to fill in. And uh, so I started filling in and um, doing pre diem there. And then it became a full-time job and, and they offered it to me and I, I took it. So wow, I've been in cardiac rehab since then.
0: Yeah, the, the, and the transition and the experience that you brought um, for the audience, CCU stands for like a cardiac care unit, like an intensive care unit focused on just those with um, heart conditions that you might see at a, at a larger hospital in, in a big city. But Patty's experience there and then taking that to cardiac rehab is invaluable because she's been through uh, with patients their worst, uh, most vulnerable time periods. And now she's working with them in this you know, part of the cardiac rehab, the word rehab, rehabilitation. So take us through um, what you do in rehab and what patients experience and what types of patients you see there.
1: Yeah. So, so cardiac rehab is the uh, physician referred medical program. So we get a physician referral and uh, it's, it's, it combines um, exercise and strength training with uh, risk factor um, education around your modifiable risk factors like sedentary lifestyle, diabetes, obesity, hypertension, smoking. Um, what else am I missing, Trey? Let's see.
0: All of those risk factors, uh, for uh, heart.
1: hyperlipidemia, yeah, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, so the clientele or the patient selection—it's—it's it's driven by insurance a lot, but heart attacks, stable angina, congestive heart failure, stents, um, heart transplants—we've had. Uh, PAD is new, peripheral artery disease. They now approve cardiac rehab for that, and valve uh, replacements. So that's our, that's our clientele, um, and they're there for, they can have up to 36 visits or 12 weeks. So we get them for like three months. Mm-hmm. Um, the sessions usually last an hour to an hour and a half, and it includes, you know, warm-ups and cool-downs and introducing, um, we have aerobic exercise equipment there, we have a strength training, and then we have uh, people who come in and educate, like the dietitian comes in and gives a talk. And then, um, the two staff out on the floor are an an RN and a physical therapist. So I have, um, the pleasure of working with Robin Frazier, who's the physical therapist that works with me. And then Kathy Sleeman's our director. And then, uh, Sarah Ferguson fills in. And then my fill in for nursing is generally Deb Berg and, um, Deb Torito and Deb Torito is a seasoned, you know, ICU nurse from here. So, uh, so uh, a day would, you know, they're referred to cardiac rehab and we have, um, we have the unique part of having a one-to-one with them before they even start exercise. So we have an orientation and uh, Dr. Rogie and Dr. Anisman are our medical directors. So they come down on like a Tuesday, one, they alternate week to week. And um, while I'm doing their orientation, the patient, if they have any questions for them or have, we have any concerns about the meds are on or any concerns based on our assessment um, we have the luxury of talking to them one-on-one so uh, that's really a unique a unique experience and that really sets the pace I think for the patient feeling comfortable you know right. they, they they get oriented before they even go into the gym and exercise
0: right and, and what a lot one um, of a lot of the things you describe are sort of protocolized approach. But yet, uh, you talked about early in your career, um, learning that art in nursing. Right. And I know that you practice that uh, because a lot of people talk about that personal relationship that you personally have developed with them through that three months. Um, talk to us a little bit about that and, and how that influences uh, their aftercare.
1: Yeah, so I think it's uh, the whole staff. We, we, you know, I have, we have a knowledgeable, professional, very empathetic staff. And we've kind of, I've I've learned, I don't know if it's a natural thing, but if you can make someone feel comfortable when they walk in the door, you know, and get them in there that first day, then, um, it's not, it's not being fake about it. It's being, you know, pretty authentic and, you know, recognizing that they're scared and they're vulnerable and their confidence is down. And if we can get them in the first day and, um, reassure them, um, that is a real, um, indication that they'll probably continue on with the sessions. We don't have a big dropout rate um, because because they, they feel safe, I feel they feel safe and they get confident and um, but the beauty of it really is the patient interactions with each other. you know like uh, once once they, a new person comes in you know the other the other participants really embrace them. you know we can exercise up to eight at a time. Um, and even though the, the program's very individualized, they do get to know each other very well and they have conversations with each other. So, you know, we're, we're just kind of there listening, making sure they're safe, you know, reassuring them. But um, the patients themselves um, and their interactions with each other really uh, help to drive the, the positiveness of it.
0: Well, you and your team, I, I think the word I'll use are, are known for your sincerity. In other words, you said not being fake about it. That's absolutely right. It's uh, recognizing the person in front of you. You may not know them for three months and that's it, but you have that three months to make a difference with them. And in order to do that, you have to be sincere or they will see right through there. Um, I'm sure you've had lots of great successes and, and you've also had some where you, you, you didn't uh, the, yeah. the outcome wasn't what you expected. And I know quality is so important. Yes. Can you just talk a little bit about that and, and the practice?
1: Yeah, so our, we do measure quality outcomes, of course, and they're, they're basically around function. Um, one of them is, is your functional capacity. You know, did you improve by participating in cardiac rehab, and how do you measure that? So we generally do a pre-six-minute walk, and then when they Get close to graduation, we do a, a post cardiac rehab uh, six minute walk. If they can't do a six minute walk, then they then we measure a MET level, which is a metabolic equivalent.
0: Okay. Um,
1: so we generally show probably improvement, and I bet 75 to 80 percent of the population. Uh, the other uh, measure right now, we do patient satisfaction surveys, of course, um, about the department because we can always improve. And then we do, um, we have them do a a mini, a PHQ-9, which is a mini uh, depression scale, kind of quality of life scale. So we address, uh, you know, how are they feeling? Do they score uh, with a mild depression? You know, that's important for a provider to know so we can help them with that or refer them to the um, proper resource. So we do a pre-PHQ-9 and then a post, which is that mini depression scale. And we see improvements in that probably 90% of the time, at least. Wow. And then, and, and then we do um, a diet survey. We have them do their rate their plate and how they're eating. And, and then um, based on our interventions, you know, did their diet improve? You know, the individual education and the handouts and then the diet talk. Um, so those are our main outcomes that we, we follow and measure.
0: And I'm going to back up just a little bit. Um, you, know, you talked about Drs. Andesman and Rogie and, and uh, Wangenheim, uh, the local cardiologists, um, yes. Jennifer Thurmer and Allison Malmberg, uh, yep. and practitioners and all those patients but you also see patients that you know may have had to go to a large tertiary care center to have surgery or some complex cardiac but they choose to come back here uh, for that personal touch. And frankly, the outcomes being, um, I I will say just as good. I won't uh, forward and say better, but maybe I will say better um, because of what you and your team have done. And just for the audience again, so these are folks, um, many, many people in the audience have relatives and they understand what cardiac rehab is, uh, but others don't. So these are, these are people, these are um, adults, uh, middle-aged and older who have had some type of heart problem that's been corrected. And now you've got to get them back on that um, next line. What challenges do you see in in working with that population?
1: So generally the, the first challenge is just, um, you know, they're vulnerable. They're, they're not sure what's happened, wrapping their head around the diagnosis. They're scared. Um, Their confidence is down. You know, they're walking into a place that they probably never, you know, generally exercise or using equipment wasn't part of their, their scene ever. Mm-hmm. So um, just again, making them feel comfortable saying, you know, I always say, you don't need to know how to use the equipment. We show you, um, you know, we assist you. And then as you get more comfortable, if you want to do something else, so, so they begin to relax, you know, so that, that's just, one of the challenges. And then also the challenge of getting them to modify the risk factors, you know, educating about the risks. And we try to take a hands-off approach because, you know, we don't want them to feel bad for like smoking or, you right. know, it, it kind of gets, but we give them the resources and the information that hopefully they need. And, you know, really the exercise, as you know, you're an avid exerciser. Exercise makes you feel better. So it really makes our job, you know, easier because they feel better after they leave a session. Um, We do a lot of med reconciliation, you know, sometimes they're, we, we have the luxury of seeing them three days a week. So we see their heart rate response, their blood pressure response, um, you know, how, what's going on with their rhythm. So um, we can give that to the that information to our cardiologists who, by the way, are so accessible and the nurse practitioners and so approachable that it, it's just a really nice collaborative relationship. I feel, you know, we, if we need to get a hold of them, you know, there's no problem with that. We call them, we, we talk to the cardiologists probably once every other day when we're, we're exercising with people and they're very responsive. So
0: yeah, another um, huge advantage of, you know, an a system advantage. Like hours. Right, gotcha. and I love how you're. I love how you brought up these modifiable risk factors. You know, look, we've all done things in our lives that um, that we wish we could undo, but we can't. And so, how do we move forward? And that's how uh, support and and reassurance helps folks. Whether it was from smoking or um, you know from diets that weren't controlled, you can make a difference now. Now is the time, mm-hmm. and you don't worry about the past. You just move forward. But on that same token, for people that haven't made it to cardiac rehab yet, because they haven't um, gotten into such a situation, uh, either, you know, from genetics or from um, risk factors, other risk factors, what type of preventative things would you suggest for uh, these folks to pay attention to? And they may be some of the same stuff we've talked about. Mm
1: -hmm. I think, uh, I think getting moving just a little bit, you know, people, um, need to get up and move, and that can have such benefits long term, you know, not just uh, even if you go out for a walk, you know, or people say, well, I can't just somehow trying to fit exercise into your day. It doesn't have to be much at first, you know, exercise is progressive in our department, they don't start off, you know, going gung ho, it's, they usually leave the first day and say they could have done more. So I think getting uh, moving, and also, um, you know, obesity is a big problem in, in this community. And um, if they can, like, if they could lose weight, you know, that then they that has other benefits because then you feel better and then you, your joints probably feel better and you start to move more. And, you know, that's that's a challenge weight loss, as you know.
0: Oh my gosh, absolutely. And and for those in the audience, um, we're kind of moving into a different part of the conversation you may think, but we're not at all. That is one of those things that we're talking about, those modifiable risk factors And really, very few people can do these things on their own. Uh, They Mm -hmm. need support from professionals like Patty Ryan um, or uh, friends, family and support groups and just never give up because every time you you make an improvement, um, you have less likelihood that you're going to be working with Patty uh, in cardiac rehab because it improves your overall health. And um, whether that's joining a, a walking group, as, as Patty was talking about, getting out there and moving uh, to some of the discussion groups on diets. And then, you know, there is a component that you can't really fix directly, that genetic component. That is going to that you know hurts people, uh, but you can work on the other aspects. So when we talk about that, um, what are you looking forward to for the remainder of your career, sort of personally and professionally? I know there was some uh, renovation recently to cardiac rehab, and you have some uh, extra type of equipment and things. Wonderful. So we
1: 2019, um, we had uh, a patient donation, a few patients, but. Mary Evelyn uh, Jerome Lindsay Trust, and then Dave Meiselman and uh, Myra Packman. I hope I pronounced them right. You but got um, that allowed for us to expand our, our square footage. We're in the older part of the hospital, so the lighting was a little dim and it needed, you know, a sprucing up a little bit, and we needed more machines because we're, we're pretty busy. So um, those were all patient donations. So the renovation actually uh, allowed us to stay open during um, COVID because we could keep people uh, six feet apart, you know, and and with exercise. And, you know, I've been to other cardiac rehabs and um, ours is really very nice. You know, people don't even know we're here because we're in the back of the hospital. So, you know, even so I encourage the the physicians to come down and um, you know, other nurses just to, just to see where it is.
0: But. Absolutely, that's a great point. If you're listening to this and you're in the health profession, whether that's actually here at SVMC or in other parts of the community, um, you know, restrictions are being lifted on who can come into the hospital. Uh, if you're vaccinated, you can come visit, you know, get in touch with Patty. She'll show you around. Um, it's really uh, a sight to see. And then really it's watching the staff work together as, as she alluded to that team approach. So Patty, before we close here, I know the community, so many people in the community know you because you've affected so many people's lives. Um, What do you do though, when you're not in cardiac rehab?
1: So, well, I have two girls, 21 and 23, and and they've kept me busy, you know. Um, So my husband's family's from Shelter Island, which is way out in Long Island. It's a beautiful place. He was born and raised there, 10 kids. So Wow. Both my girls. Well, one daughter's in New York City working, but on the weekend she goes to Shelter Island and the other one just graduated from BU and she is down there earning some money before she goes to Ireland. So she, so we, we go down there when we can. Um, I, lo- I love to golf, you know, but I, I love to swim. We have a camp at Hedges Lake and actually I went swimming yesterday and it felt great to get back into that because I didn't swim much last year um, swimming, you know, in the, in the fresh water.
0: Right. So, some of the one of the benefits of uh, the part of the country we live in.
1: Yeah. And I, I just like hang, hanging out, you know, and in, in at my, I like my house. I like my home and I like to garden. I'm not a very good gardener, but I do like to, to get out there. Um, but I'm very grateful for having this job as well, because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm humbled by some of the comments that people make when, you know, through the, the media and, and the patients to get compliments from patients is, is so special. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can't, I don't respond to all of them because you can't, but it, it really humbles you and, and makes you realize, you know, you're here for a reason and you have to just keep um, helping people. You know, it's, that's what we like to do. And we have a great staff, you know, we, The staff is, and it's very empathetic and, you know, it's an empathetic environment and that's where the art comes in. You know, I think I read once and whether you think this is true or not is empathy is um, one of the greatest knowledge that someone can have because it, it, it makes you put your ego aside and kind of try to live in someone else's shoes. And I think, you know, the, the cardiologist and the staff, um, really create an empathetic environment and, uh, it, it really can make a difference in people's lives.
0: And that is the art of medicine. You, you let off the beginning of the show with well, Patty, thank you so much for joining us on Medical Matters Weekly, and thank you to the audience. Um, I will say cardiac rehab is not the only type of rehab uh, SVMC offers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have pulmonary rehab, similar situation, the risk factors and modifying those for pulmonary disease. Uh, we will have a show about that in the future. Um, I'd like to go ahead and thank Mike Cutler from CAT TV, Ray Smith from Southwestern Vermont Healthcare, and Ashley Jowett from Southwestern Vermont Healthcare. Next week, we will have Dr. Megan Gunn of SVMC Pediatrics to address questions about the COVID-19 vaccine for kids and any other questions people may have uh, regarding pediatrics. You can send those questions to wellness at svhealthcare.org. I'm Trey Dobson. Go out and find joy in everything you do, even in the face of adversity.